0: peace be upon you. So in 2019, 60 Minutes did a piece on a condition known as amplified pain syndrome that was predominantly impacting teen girls. The basic outcome of this syndrome is that any touch or physical sensation to the body would be interpreted by the individual's nervous system as excruciating pain, such as the simple act of taking a shower Changing one's clothes, or brushing one's hair, or simply walking or holding one's head over their neck was enough to be extrapolated by the individual's brain as debilitating pain. At first, many of these girls who were suffering from this condition were being dismissed by their doctors. They thought they were making it up, some thought that maybe they were having neurological issues, and others just prescribed pain medication to try to dull the pain. But none of this worked, it wasn't a long-term solution. Eventually, a number of these girls found each other online and started sharing their stories. And the medical community got wind of what's going on and saw a correlation. And they came up with a treatment that seemed very counterintuitive. What they did was they invited the girls in for uh, a number of days. And during that time, they would push these girls to their physical limits, have them run on a treadmill, have them uh, do squats and planks and jumping jacks and swim, and do things that genuinely uh, were painful and exhausting, even for a healthy individual. But for these girls was exponentially amplified because of their condition. And the whole reason of doing this was to try to recalibrate these poor girls' pain receptors to be able to distinguish between serious, genuine hardship and pain from what their brains were perceiving. And the idea behind this was that these girls, their reception, their calibration to pain was just thrown out of whack to the point that they didn't have any huge ups and downs. And because of that, their nervous system recalibrated to this new normal. And when it recalibrated to the new normal, all of a sudden the slightest sensations, the brain was recalibrating as something excruciatingly painful. And this is similar to these experiments where people will go into the most silent rooms uh, that have been created where no sound echoes. And so everything in that room sounds exponentially louder in comparison because the individuals who spend time in the silent room their brain is going to recalibrate to the sound of that room. So all of a sudden in the silent room, one's heartbeat starts sounding exponentially louder. It sounds like it's going to come right out of their chest. The sound of the blood rushing through their body becomes so loud that it's impossible for them not to hear it. And this condition actually drives some people crazy. And it's interesting because we notice this all the time. Depending on our environment, we will recalibrate to whatever those conditions are, Uh, to the point that if you go into a loud restaurant and you're having a conversation, before you know it, people are yelling at the top of their lungs to, uh, to communicate, but it sounds normal. It's because now we've recalibrated to this new environment. And similarly, if you go into a complete silent room, just imagine like a library, all of a sudden the smallest sound sounds so much more amplified in comparison. So, these poor girls were living lives that were so void of hardship and adversity that their brains were recalibrating to this new normal. Now, for the last several years, there's been another ailment that has been having a distinct impact on teenage girls, and that's the effects of social media and the well being of the teenage girls who spend hours on end on these platforms. One of the loudest voices in this regard was the New York University social psychology professor, Jonathan Haidt. Uh, Several years ago, he covered his findings uh, on social media and the impact it has predominantly on youth uh, in a book entitled The Coddling of the American Mind. One of the stats that he showed was that in 2010, the number of uh, women who had psychological disorders like depression was about 5% of the population but by 2016 this number rose to about 15 percent and if you look at hospital admissions for non-fatal self-harm what you would see is from 2001 to 2015 that there was a 62 percent rise in women in the age of 15 to 19 who were being admitted to the hospital for self-harm but if you look at the age demographic of 10 to 14 year olds That number was even worse, rising 189% during that period. And Jonathan Haidt, he makes the case that much of this has to do with their time on social media. And just the other week, there was a series of leaked documents uh, from Facebook that started circulating in a, a Wall Street Journal expose that showed that Facebook's own research had documented the psychological dangers that specifically Instagram has towards teenage girls. In one internal document, it wrote, we Instagram make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. And teens blame Instagram for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. Internal studies showed that among teens who reported suicidal thoughts, 13% of British users and 6% of American users traced the desire to kill themselves to Instagram. In another Facebook presentation that leaked, it showed that 30% of teen girls felt Instagram made them feel worse about their bodies. These findings are no doubt troubling, but what's more troubling is how people are suggesting to deal with this. The immediate predominant response from government officials through Senate hearings, uh, from bureaucrats and institutions and parents, is to try to regulate services like Facebook and Instagram and the like to protect teen girls from such things. But is this the best response? There are two ways one can protect someone from pain. The first response is to try to eliminate the source of the pain. And that's what this method is trying to do. This makes sense when the pain is something physical, like a thorn in someone's shoe. But this is not necessarily the best response when the pain is something psychological. Consider if the doctors who were treating the girls with Amplified Pain Syndrome told the girls to, hey, just stop doing anything that's causing you pain. To stop combing your hair, stop taking a shower, stop walking, stop living life, stop brushing your teeth, and just do the minimal things you can to avoid the pain. Not only would this not solve their problem, it would make the matters exponentially worse. The problem is not that there are pictures of people with perfect bodies or lives on Instagram, but the fact that a certain portion of the teenage girl population sees these images and causes them to have thoughts of suicide self-harm, or inadequacy. If merely seeing the images of the perceived success or beauty of the lives of others is enough to cause these kinds of thoughts, then the problems of the individuals who are having these thoughts are way deeper than just Instagram. It's estimated that the average 16 through 24-year-old spend a median of three hours a day on social media. I would wager that the ones who are most negatively impacted by social media probably spend way more time endlessly scrolling uh, than even that. Consider that if a person is spending that much time on social media, perhaps there is a bigger problem in their lives that needs to be addressed. People who spend that much time on social media will inevitably have a warped sense of reality. Their sense of justice and adequacy will be completely whacked out of balance and rather than being appreciative for everything God has given them all they will do is dwell on the things they see other people having and this warped sense of reality is going to impact their well-being because they're going to go from a state of appreciation for what God has given them to being unappreciative for thinking that they lack certain aspects and this is similar to the girls who are suffering from amplified pain syndrome where Their pain receptors were out of whack and they needed to be recalibrated by experiencing excruciating hardship and pain in order to know what real pain is. The individuals who are suffering from the addiction to social media, these feelings of inadequacy, self-harm, and even suicide, and need to go to a similar boot camp but one that emphasizes the reflection on all the infinite number of blessings we each have to be appreciative for. One of the major tactics the devil does is that he makes us forget about all of God's blessings. And the reason he does this is because he wants to prove his point that the human being is unappreciative. This is the claim he made when he refused to prostrate before Adam, that he said that he's better than us. He said that we're unappreciative. And when we live these kinds of lives, We're falling into the devil's trap. And the way that we get out of it is that we reflect on all the infinite number of blessings that God has given us. In Surah 14, verse 31 through 34, it reads, Exhort my servants who believe to observe the contact prayers a lot and to give the charity from our provisions to them secretly and publicly before a day comes where there is neither trade nor nepotism. These are the basic foundations of our faith to do our Salat, to spend just a few minutes, five times a day, to think about nothing else other than God, to reflect, to remember Him, to give to charity, to those in need. Because when we see other people suffering, and we see how we can be a blessing to them, it makes us feel better about ourselves. It continues in 1432, God is the one who created the heavens and the earth and he sends down from the sky water to produce all kinds of fruits for your sustenance. He has committed the ships to serve you on the sea in accordance with his command. He has committed the rivers as well to serve you. He has committed the sun and the moon in your service. Continuously, He has committed the night and the day to serve you. All these infinite blessings that God has just given us. The sun shines on every individual, irrespective if they're a believer, disbeliever, rich or poor, man, woman, it doesn't matter. We all receive these blessings. And it continues in 1434, it says, and he gives you all kinds of things that you implore him for. If you count God's blessings, you can never encompass them. Indeed, the human being is transgressing, unappreciative. A sign of a believer is that they're appreciative. The word kafir means a disbeliever, but it also means one who is unappreciative. And it's impossible to be depressed, to have suicidal thoughts, to live a miserable life if we're appreciative. This is our remedy to how to overcome these ailments. And rather than trying to block or regulate social media, we need to address the problem at its root that people forget about all these blessings. And simply by reminding them to take time out of their day, to start a journal, to write about all the blessings they receive, God can take them out of any hardship or pain or misery that they're facing. Surah 10, verse 57, it reads, O people, enlightenment has come to you and from your Lord and healing for anything that troubles your hearts and guidance and mercy for the believers. It's easy to blame social media, and they will bear a portion of their responsibility. But the problem does not lie there. The problem lies within. What is going on in our own lives that's causing us to be unappreciative, to have these kinds of thoughts? God tells us in 1782, it says, We send down in the Quran healing and mercy for the believers. At the same time, it only increases the wickedness of the transgressors. When we bless the human being, he becomes preoccupied and heedless. But when adversity strikes him, he turns despondent. Say everyone works in accordance with his belief and your Lord knows best which ones are guided in the right path. God has given our generation so many blessings that if we try to explain this to the generations of the past, they would be absolutely in awe of all the blessings we have. You can walk to any grocery store, grab any kind of food you want, have endless amounts of entertainment. Be able to instantly communicate with anyone on the planet at a moment's notice. These are things that seem like science fiction, and we have access to these. But if we forget and we only focus on what we think we don't have, then inevitably we're going to start feeling unappreciative. Take a moment. Go for a hike. Just breathe the air that we have. Go and stare at the flowers that God has created, the clouds up in the sky. There's these infinite blessings at our fingertips any time. We want to just stop and reflect and be in a state of awe. And the idea is that once we recalibrate to just remember how grateful we must be to God for all these things that he's given us, then all of a sudden seeing someone else have something, it doesn't faze us anymore. If anything, we say that's a test for that person. How are they going to use it? These looks that God has blessed them with, are they using it towards righteousness or unrighteousness? These products that people showcase, the dance moves that they present on TikTok, are they doing that to draw closer to God or further away? Because when we see things in that lens, we no longer feel jealous. Because for all we know, these supposed blessings that we're seeing these other people promoting on their Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever, are actually going to be a source of misery for these people. God gives us the example of Karun who was had so much wealth that the strongest band of individuals could not even carry its keys. And in Surah 28, verse 79, it says, One day he came out to his people in full splendor. Those who preferred the worldly life said, Oh, we wish that we possess what Karun has attained. Indeed, he is very fortunate. As for those who are blessed with knowledge, they said, Woe to you, God's recompense is far better for those who believe and lead a righteous life. None attains this except the steadfast. We then caused the earth to swallow him and his mansion. No army could have helped him against God. He was not destined to be a winner. Those who were envious of him the day before said, Now we realize that God is the one who provides for whomever he chooses from among his servants and withholds. If we're not for God's grace towards us, he could have caused the earth to swallow us too. We now realize that the disbelievers never succeed. God has given each individual the amount that they're destined to have. And this is in order to test them, to see whether they believe or disbelieve. Are they appreciative or unappreciative? To think that we should have more than what God has given us is to think that we know better than God's system. What we should do is be reflective on all the blessings that God has given us. And God tells us in the Quran in Surah 14, verse 7, it says, Your Lord has decreed, The more you thank me, the more I give you. But if you turn unappreciative, then my retribution is severe. If we want to have more, We want to live richer, fuller lives. We need to be appreciative. And the only way we're going to be appreciative is by doing the things that God advocates us to do. To do our Salat, give to charity, give our Zakat, uh, spend time to be reflective and think about all the blessings God has given us. That if we do these things, God guarantees he's going to remove anything that burdens our heart. That he's going to make us better and happier people than we can possibly imagine. Consider these provisions that these individuals have today, be it their looks, be it their uh, luxuries, their wealth, whatever, that these are nothing compared to what God has in store for the believers in the hereafter. In Surah 17, verse 21, it reads, Note how we preferred some people above others in this life. The differences in the hereafter are far greater and far more significant. God tells us that the blessings in the hereafter are greater than we can imagine. And those who sell themselves short, chasing the vanities and material possessions of this world, are going to be severely disappointed in this world and in the hereafter. Because none of those provide any joy. None of those provide any genuine satisfaction. God provides us the ultimate solution to all our problems. Anything that troubles our heart, God has the answer for. But in order to be able to take advantage of these blessings of God, we have to be appreciative. If we're unappreciative, if we forget these blessings, we get consumed by social media, grievances, uh, reasons to be jealous and envy, then we're not going to be able to capitalize on everything God has to offer for us. That's why take a break. Take time out of your day to reflect about all the blessings God has given us. Start writing a journal of all the things you have to be grateful for, all the things that happen in your day to be thankful for. And when we do that, we will be free from the devil's grasp. In Surah 15, verse 42, God tells us that the devil has no power over his servants, that he only has power over the straighters who follow him. And in 14.22, we see the devil's response on the day of judgment. It reads, the devil will say after the judgment has been issued, God has promised you the truthful promise. And I promised you, but I broke my promise. I had no power over you. I simply invited you and you accepted my invitation. Therefore, do not blame me and blame only yourselves. My complaining cannot help you, nor can your complaining help me. I have disbelieved in your idolizing me. The transgressors have incurred a painful retribution. So let's not buy into the devil's delusion and follow God's guidance instead. In Surah 2, verse 268 through 269, it reads, The devil promises you poverty and commands you to commit evil, while God promises you forgiveness from him and grace. God is bounteous omniscient. He bestows wisdom upon whomever he chooses, and whoever attains wisdom has attained a great bounty. Only those who possess intelligence will take heed. The wisest individual is the one who is appreciative of his Lord. This is a fact that's confirmed in the Quran and articulated best by Luqman, who in 3112 reads, As he gave advice to his son, We have endowed Luqman with wisdom, you shall be appreciative of God. Whoever is appreciative is appreciative for his own good. As for those who turn unappreciative, God is in no need praiseworthy. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com. If you want to follow along the verses of the Quran, please download the Quran City app on the iOS App Store or go to the QuranCityApp.com website. And if you like the podcast, please leave us a review, tell other people. Until next time, peace and God bless.